The following is an excerpt from the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion, a weekly trip planning podcast with unbiased advice on getting the most from your next Disney vacation. Each week, our team of Disney experts tells you what's new, what's good, and what's not so good in the world of Disney. New shows are released every Tuesday and can be found by going to podcast.wdwinfo.com. Now, Kevin and John had a chance to experience one of the... And me. Oh, and Corey. That's right. Corey was there. <laughs> had a chance to experience one of the Lights On tours that they're doing this year for Halloween Horror Nights. It's one of the R.I.P. tours. R.I.P. tours. So uh, tell us all about it. Um, it was very good. It was very interesting. Let's start with the, the negative experience we had right away. Well, first of all, the negative experience starts on the telephone. When you call up to make these tours, I believe there's one person answering the telephone. And if you don't get that through, you have to leave a message. Well, I tried that like six times. And then I just called back every five minutes. You have to get the one person taking reservations to answer the phone. So it's kind of difficult to get through. But once you do, it's an easy process. You know, I have to tell you from our experience at Halloween Horror Nights, the electronic pickup scenario at Universal is absolutely the most chaotic thing I have ever seen. I can't believe they don't have that together yet uh, with their ticketing. It just seems like the whole ticketing thing is a real nightmare. See, and Disney does such a great job with with those kiosks and everything, but that's another story. Well, it was the will call pickup, I think. The will call pickup, yeah. yeah. Not the electronic. The electronic pickup is all right. It's the will call pickup. When we had to go to guest services to get our tickets, it was crazy. We went, um, you get an electronic confirmation that you've signed up for one of these tours and on the confirmation it says that you are supposed to meet in the lobby next to the guest services window at universal studios and you're supposed to be there a half hour before your tour starts so not a problem we parked we did everything we were supposed to and we show up and i could see people in the lobby and i went to open the door and the door has one of those magnetic electronic locks you have to slide your badge through it to get in so i just stood there i mean it didn't look like anybody inside was going to jump up and let us in so we just sort of stood there and as an employee came out a cast member i don't know what universal calls them so i'm going to use the disney term cast member came out she stood in front of the door and she saw me trying to get in. She actually physically saw me trying to get in. So she wasn't as tall as I was, so I kind of reached over. I figured I'll get my hand in the door, and when she moves, we'll be able to get in. She literally reached behind her and slammed the door. And I said to her, what are you doing? She said, I'm not letting you in. And I said, well, why not? She said, it's not my job to let you in. And I said, but I, I'm on one of the, the RIP tours, and they told us to meet in the lobby. And I said, well, why didn't you ask me why I was trying to get in? You see me trying to reach over you to get into the building. She said, it's not my job to talk to people like you. <gasps> and I said to her, what does that mean? What do pe- people did like you me? get her name? I did. I did. And What's short- her name? Uh, uh, I'd rather not say. Shortly after that, the gentleman <laughs> who was running the, the tour came over and let us in. And I said, did you see what just happened? He said, sort of. I told him the story, and he said hang on a second, and went and spoke with her supervisor. Okay, good. And I, I, it was just the most unpleasant experience. I, and I finally said to him, she's not the tour guide, is she? I said, hope not. Why? I said, because you're going to break your rule about not giving refunds. Because if she's my tour guide, you're giving me my money back. So that's how it started. He said, no, she's not even in our department. But that was kind of the end of that. I mean, once he, he took care of it and he apologized and was very nice It was just about a negative it. experience. So we got in and we, we ch- everybody checked in and um, they told us that we'd be broken up between two different tour guides and 
we go from the bottom lobby of the VIP tour area upstairs to a bigger building. It looked more like um, like a conference room. Conference room that's set up for special events. And they showed a movie, and it was kind of weird. It was kind of like it was a bad VCR tape. It was all grainy, it was and jumpy, jumpy. Yeah. And I stuff. know we're not supposed to compare things to Disney. However, we were put in a conference room that was sort of set up for a different conference. There was not a bottle of water to be had or a drink to be had anywhere. And they did. They put in a bad VCR tape. And remember how you used to have to adjust the tracking on your VCR? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Yeah. The, the roll bar kept rolling. And I kept thinking, is anybody here old enough to remember that there was a tracking button on this sucker? <laughs> so they played this movie that was sort of um, build up to what Halloween Horror Nights was and what it's become and what the theming is and uh, talked about um, how the the haunted houses are developed from concept to to the final product. So it was all very interesting. It was just all kind of a little bit off in that it was this, you didn't really know why we were watching it. It was kind of like, is this part of the gag or what? But, I guess I should, I'm going to preface this with, there are two side. there are two opinions of this. It's not that I thought any of this was really bad. I am not the right audience for this. I don't enjoy things like this at all. So I sort of am going to give you the view of somebody like that. He's not a horror fan. Is basically I'm just not. Yeah. And so then the one guy, so a guy gets up and he talks to us and who's done the tour before and who's been to Universal before, who's been to uh, Halloween Horror Nights. He talks a little bit about the things we're going to see that day and we're going to split up into two groups and he was one of our tour guides and all this stuff. So we sort of get our preliminary stuff out of the way. We leave that building and we go out. Remember we talked about there's that brown derby building where they used to sell hats in Universal. And mm-hmm. Kevin was saying he was disappointed that it was closed. That's where they set up the event museum where they've taken uh, the inside of that building and made it into sort of an explanation of each of the haunted houses and some oh, wow. things that are in there. That oh, I thought was fascinating. It was cool. The, there's a commercial running on television right now where a, ki- a guy is sitting in front of a fortune teller and he's sitting, sitting in this great big art, ornate carved chair and the fortune teller is telling his fortune about and it's what bad is going to happen to him at Halloween Horror Nights. You can actually sit in that chair in the museum. That chair is there. That whole table set up with the cards laid out. Wow. Um, that room's exclusive for the RIP tour though, right. or the right. or any VIP tour, like regular guys just can't walk in there and see it. It was done very well, very yeah. very detailed. There was a life size figure of Jack the Clown, who's the center um, character, as they call them, of the of the Halloween Horror Nights. It's a character they created just for Halloween Horror Nights, and he was pretty lifelike. He I was. thought it was a real person who was going to jump was out lifelike. of this. It was pretty scary. So this is uh, your preliminary thing, and he talks about all the different houses. We only saw three of them. So Before you go further, most of the haunted houses, um, this is the first time Universal has ever uh, gotten in business with New Line Cinema. So New Line Cinema has Leatherface, uh, Michael Myers from Halloween, and Jason. Freddy from. Freddy, um, not Michael Myers. Uh, Leatherface from Chainsaw Massacre, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, and Jason from the Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. So all of these houses, except for the one about Jack, the clown that Universal created, have to do with these movies. Um, we saw one of the houses has to do with a movie called Dead Silence. Or no, Dead Silence. Yeah, Dead Calm, Dead Silence. The Death I of with Mary Shaw. The Death of Mary Shaw. All of this is sort of like, if you've never seen the movie, a lot of the inside storyline, inside joke won't become apparent to you. 
the details are all in the movie. If you see the movie, these make a lot more sense. I've never seen any of the movies. So. But, I, but I thought taking us to that museum and explaining each of the haunted houses right. was a great setup. Because I had not seen the movies either, but they explained it and he talked a little bit about the things you're going to see in the, in the haunted houses and the elements that they focused on from the movie. So we went from this, uh, from the museum, we walked uh, back towards the, the areas with, with the haunted houses in them and they showed us the one scare zone. Talked a little bit about that and what was going to happen there that night. and It's that New York street where the Blues Brothers takes place. Mm-hmm. That's the scare zone. No, the scare zone is actually right in front of Earthquake. Earthquake, right. Right, uh, right around Lombard's Landing. That's well, right. isn't that the other end of the, the Blues Brothers street? No, the Blues Street is across street. Right, but if you go on the end we were on, he was pointing down that street and it's the other end of that, correct? Sort of. Okay, great. Anyway... <laughs> Talked about the scare zones. He talked about the Jack stage show that was going to go on that night. So they kind of wanted to play up the whole uh, Horror Night, Halloween Horror Nights uh, feel of all the things that were going to take place, not just the haunted houses. So then we get to the haunted houses, and they give us a flashlight. Even though this is a lights-on tour, he said there are going to be some areas that are still going to be dark. And we want you to see the detail that goes into these haunted ha- houses. So everyone got a flashlight to sort of poke around. A flashlight you had to give back. <laughs> <laughs> they had numbers on them. They really did take them back, which I thought was weird. The other interesting thing is these haunted houses are done on the sound stages that actually sit sort of back behind the building. And one of the interesting facts that they told us is they sometimes put two haunted houses in the same soundstage. And what they do is they build them on a diagonal so that you get the depth and breadth of the soundstage. But what happens is they use one entrance and one exit point for the two houses to maintain traffic flow. So that while there's two houses going on, they're still using one exit and one entrance to sort of keep traffic going in the right direction. It was amazing to me the level of detail that was involved in this. One of the things we did was we walked through a room that was a laboratory. And he pointed out that even though this would be very, very dimly lit at night, if you looked at one of the cabinets in the laboratory, it was supposed to be from the early 1900s. And all of the pill bottles or all of the medicine glass bottles have labels on them that were historically accurate. So there's a great deal, a great level of detail that goes into this. Uh and you'd be amazed how much of that detail I went to the haunted house that night with all the lights off the and the amount of stuff that you just don't see that we saw with the lights on was amazing. One of the things that Bob and I learned when we took the backstage magic tour is in the America Pavilion. At one point, um, Benjamin Franklin is sitting there working on the Declaration of Independence, and there's papers scra- scattered all over the floor. If you unfold those papers, there's actually drafts of the Declaration of Independence on there. And while that's something that no person sitting in the audience would ever see, the detail is there. And I can only compare that to what we saw in these haunted houses. Um, You would walk through rooms, and the rooms were completely detailed out to pictures and uh, maybe a radio and a phone. And again, what Corey said, you wouldn't see those as you're running through these places trying to get away from people. So I think they did a really good job there. they showed us some things that some of the tricks they did. And I think I want to sort of say, um, here's a spoiler alert. If you don't want to know what the tricks are, then put your fingers in your ears. Your fingers. La, 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 la. Exactly. They use those mirrors a lot. And what they would do is they would set a mirror far in the distance in a room so that 
the reflection of the person pretty much standing next to you looked like he was far away, 10 or 15 feet away. And as you came around a corner, that person would then jump out at you because you were focused on them being far away. That was the weenie. They they did a similar um, trick, optical trick with mirrors in that in the one soundstage, they built what was a catwalk, a rusty old catwalk. And as you walked over it, you looked down and it looked like it was a 30-foot drop. And there were people at the bottom of this pit. Yeah, Mary Shaw. Yeah. Mary Shaw was at the bottom of this pit. And he explained that you're really only about three inches off the ground. And you're looking at a mirror. And the mirror is reflecting the person stuck to the ceiling. And he let us look up under the, the special... So all of the thing. people that you see in the pit are really suspended from the ceiling? And you're looking at a mirror three. Wow. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It's very cool the way they've done the details of it. One of the things that they did was our tour guide was very detailed in his story of what you were seeing, and one of the questions I had was, I only enjoyed what I enjoyed because of the stories that he was telling, and I said to him, "Is this written down anywhere so that anybody else would know this?" And he said, "No." I'm only telling you this because this is the backstory behind each feature. And I thought, well, that would really kind of lower the excitement level for me. If I didn't hadn't seen these movies, I would never know the things he was telling you. And that's not something you could have gathered as you walked through. Right. So it, 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 there's a great deal of detail to be had on these tours that if you're into it would certainly heighten your enthusiasm for what you were seeing. It didn't do that for me. <laughs> I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, and how much was the uh, was the tour? There's two. There's a twenty nine ninety five tour per person. That's for adults. I apologize. I don't know the, the ages of the kids. In my opinion, this is not for children. No, no, no. Um, it's not really for anybody under the age of fourteen. And I don't care how well you think your kids are going to do with some of this. Stuff. Some of this stuff is just gory and gross. And I, I, I in my opinion, it's not for kids. But it, um, there's also a three-hour tour, which is virtually sold out for the run of Halloween Horror Nights. That includes uh, a sit-down question-and-answer period with one of Universal's Imagineers. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get into that one, so we took the two-hour tour. It's uh, all of this information, and then you visit three of the houses. So it, it, was, it was two hours, and they were very, very detailed. There was a bunch of uh, Universal employees on the tour with us who were taking the tour, I get the feeling that they were learning the spiel to give the tour. And they had just been to the cast member preview. We went to the very... Uh, Halloween Horror Nights hadn't even happened yet for the public. Right. Only the cast member preview had been done, so they were talking about that. It was interesting to hear them talk about it. We, got to, see a, we got to see a backstage area where they actually um, uh, applied the makeup to all of the the characters, the people who were in the haunted houses. What was the number she used, that he used, of the number of people that they thought they would make up? A thousand people a night. There's, in each of the, um, each of the houses, there's 80 to 100 people. Oh, my. And that's not, they're not all on stage at the same time. They're on stage for a certain number of minutes, wow. and then they trade out. So and then they go back and get their makeup touched up and things like that. So it was very interesting. Was that the circus tent they had set up back there? No, the this was all the way in the back of the soundstage. You couldn't see it. From no. any Bob has area. this fixation with the circus tent. I don't know. <laughs> the whole time we were at Halloween tent. Horror Nights, where's the tent? Where's, where's the tent? The tent? Uh, well, the whole premise of this Halloween Horror Nights is in that you're in this old dilapidated circus. Yeah. A carnival. And everything that sort of has that theming. Um, they showed what they called boo features, which are... 
panels that slide where they can stick their face through. Some of the things that they said were really interesting. First of all, they guarantee that no one will ever touch you intentionally as you're walking through this. I mean, if someone trips and you bump into somebody, that's something that can't be helped. I also asked if the people who are trying to scare the daylights out of you are ever attacked or threatened in any way. And he said every year that happens. However, the Orlando police are on site and you are taken off to jail. If you touch anyone, it's considered assault. Well, also something that uh, we noticed this year that we talk about in our uh, review of uh, Halloween Horror Nights is that uh, this year they had um, their cast members almost around every corner through the haunted houses, and it just threw everything off because they were not in costume. They were just there with their name tags on, some of them holding flashlights. Those flashlights. And you'd come around a corner, and there's a cast member, and all of a sudden you're like, oh. First of all, I was surprised. Um, wow. As we were leaving, we didn't stay after that. Again, the weather in Orlando, I think they're, the rain gods are after us because it started to rain as we were finished this tour. As we were, we had walked through the gates of Universal and under where the giant spinning globe is, they're setting up metal detectors. Oh, yeah. 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 Apparently, oh, yeah, we went through metal detectors. That's kind of unusual for a theme park. However, everything's in the dark. Only, uh, no, at every at every special party, every hard ticket event that Universal does, I've walked through a metal detector. Wow. Really? For, uh, well, for uh, Mardi Gras. For Mardi Gras, we had to I do it. I guess when there's, they expect an older crowd, expect drinking, I think they just want to make well, sure everybody's remember, safe. Especially for Halloween Horror Nights, you're not only drawing a local crowd, you're drawing a young local yeah, crowd. there are a lot right. of teenagers. Yeah. Um, but, but this year was the year I felt the safest of any of the yeah, years I've ever gone. Absolutely. Honest to God, it was, you know, you go through the metal detectors, okay, that's cool. And I really felt safe this year as opposed to other years. We haven't heard your, your reviews yet, but what we found it was interesting. The one guy who was on the tour with us, who Kevin mentioned, was uh, their cast member sort of taking the tour with them. Got to talk to him. He was a nice guy. He said um, he didn't know if, it was because he's done so many of these, but he didn't find them scary this year. That's exactly what I said. We've, uh, we, 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 we've heard that from a few people. We, we felt that way ourselves That's on a few of them. A you know, at first, at first I said, well, maybe it, it ruined it, seeing it with the lights on, because I was going through and I knew where all the, the boo spots were. So I was kind of expecting it, but still, I knew that this window was going to open and someone's going to jump out. No one jumped out. I'd go to the next boo spot. Okay, this is going to happen. Nothing happened. Well, when we, go, well yeah, when we did it on Friday night... Um, which was the opening night, the first night it was open to the public, we weren't all that impressed. As a matter of fact, my comment, my commentary on it at the end of Friday night, if it didn't get any better on Saturday, was I was going to call it Universal's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. <laughs> um, and then sat, But Saturday, it was a much different experience. It had yeah. a lot more energy. It seemed like the cast had, their, had gotten their sea legs a little bit. Yeah. Um, it just seemed more cohesive. Of course, you know. Again, we'll talk about all this in the in the review. But the Bill and Ted show, by far the best they've ever done, um, and I think there's an argument to be made that this may be their best Halloween Horror Nights yet. Well, it's also very early in the season, and I don't know. I went on this tour, and I'm not geared up for Halloween yet. We're a full month away, so it seems that you know because of the popularity of this, they keep pushing the dates back. Pretty soon, you'll be able to go to Halloween Horror Nights just after 4th of July. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they probably haven't got their sea legs. Which would be fine with me. It's my, I have yeah. to be honest with everybody. It is my favorite event in Orlando every year. Um, it's a it, Well, I, it's very close with food and wine. Um, 
but I, I absolutely love yeah. Halloween. Well, with the amount of alcohol they serve, it kind of was like wine and wine. Yeah, the wine <laughs> and wine festival. This is something, Pete, you really should think about doing. If you enjoy it that much, I think you would enjoy knowing the backstories. And oh, the yeah, I absolutely have to go do it. And I, again, I would have been uh, with you guys in that tour if it hadn't been for, let's say it all together, the contractors. The contractors. I would have been there. But no, I had a, a lot of my plans this last week have been had to be scrapped. Uh, dealing with these guys. So. Which houses did you guys go to? I know you went to Dead Silence, The Curse of Mary Shaw. Did we you went, go to Nightmare? Yes, yeah. we went through Nightmare. That's the one where you get to walk through the bloody sheets. I love that. That was great. Yeah, that was cool. And the psycho, um, psycho, psycho scare. Okay, so you, you did the psycho three houses therapy. on the left-hand side as you come in right. Universal. We, we didn't get to do the ones that are, I would say, the temporary ones. Like We couldn't do the one in the Jaws queue, obviously, because the park was open and so we did the ones that were in the sound. Yeah, that was Friday the 13th. Yeah. And then there was Jack's Funhouse. You didn't do the 3D one. No, we only did three. Yeah. How was the 3D one? I don't it want to spoil anything. It was the but they kept, best. They kept best. talking about how good the 3D was. 3D was, was awesome. the best. Yeah, we have really a lot was. of this in our uh, – right. we talk about this in our review. I won't spoil it anymore. One thing I did uh, – I like that they said they do these in the sound stages because they're able to build these – while people are in the park and they can't hear them. They can do all the hammering and the sawing and nobody hears it. Just and just like uh, it, just like things we've heard about how Disney plans for Christmas, as soon as Halloween Horror Nights are over, they start next year's. Yeah. There's a crew, a full-time crew that works on nothing but getting ready for Halloween Horror Nights wow. again. And they showed the process of making um, some of the stationary characters where they go through the process of the drawing and then the color drawing and then they make the clay version, what they call the maquette. So it's all the process that goes through, as you see in other theme parks. It's very, very detail-oriented. Yeah, it is. I'm glad I got to do it. I also know myself. At one point, we were standing in line and... I don't like the feeling of being trapped. The idea of being scared doesn't bother me. It's that feeling of being not being able to move forward or move back or get out of there. Right. And there were only 20 of us on this tour, and I had found myself in the middle of the pack, and that meant there were 10 ahead of me and 10 behind me. And we were in a very – it wasn't tight. It was just enclosed area. And it was broad daylight. I had a flashlight in my hand. I was with John. It wasn't that I was afraid. It was more of that claustrophobic yeah, feeling. Right. And they do bring the ceilings low right. to give you that feeling of claustrophobia. Yeah. So I, I just, if you're out there and that's you, this is, I want you to know that that's going to be part of this. And they explained to me that on Halloween Horror Nights, it gets even worse because there's a constant line of people. So there's more than 10 ahead of you and 10 behind you. And you, it's just... I'm with Julie. This is just as interesting. Julie's shaking her head. Well, no, never going to happen. Yeah, I haven't said a word because I didn't go. Well, <laughs> well if nothing else, y'all have got to go do the Bill and Ted show. Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go see. I want to see the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you're not going to get Julie into that park. I'm about to say, she's gotta walk, I don't she's like gonna walk it at all. I'll carry her on my back the whole way through. They will get mace <laughs> hey, wait, to take them near can me. Can I get that? <laughs> <laughs> that would make it much more enjoyable. Really. So if this is something you're interested in, if... If you like us and you like to know the backstory of stuff, this was definitely worth the money and definitely worth the experience of doing it. Awesome. It was a great time. It was. Great. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know we enjoyed Halloween Horror Nights, but, uh, well, thank you very much. I'm going to tack on a couple of minutes of a restaurant review. Is that sure. okay? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. After we came out of the last uh, haunted house and our tour was over, your, um, part of this tour, you have to leave the park after you're done with it, unless you have uh, ticket media or a pass in order to stay in the park. And at, before you actually left on the tour, they asked if you had tickets or if you did have a pass, they put you through the, the process before you left. After the tour, if you didn't have ticket media, they escorted you to the gate. 
So we did have our annual passes, so we decided to stay and get a bite to eat. And it had just started to rain as we walked out of the last house. And we walked across the street and we went into the Monster Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Monster Cafe is a huge cavernous space right across from sort of kitty corner from the Twister attraction. It was absolutely virtually empty. I think there might have been 10 people in there. Hmm. Uh, it was the music. A was, weekday in September at oh, Universal. Yeah. Yeah. The music was definitely, definitely loud. And you're in a monster's laboratory. And there are the big. Um, All the things you like. Yeah. Flasks. Flasks <laughs> and colored liquid and tubes going back and forth. And they're showing um, video clips on the TV of monster movies. It's a limited menu. They have a couple of different salads. They had a rotisserie chicken and they had two kinds of pasta. Everything was in the 7 to $8 range. And you're going to be surprised by this, but while I would not recommend that anybody pay to park and walk into Universal to have a salad, the food was okay. The food was actually tasty. If you were in the park and looking for a place to sit down, I was going to say a quiet spot. This isn't it. But if you're just looking for a place to sit down and get out of the sun or the rain, this you could do worse. Uh, John had the rotisserie chicken, which came with um, sort of uh, home fried potatoes. Corn on the cob. And corn on the cob. And while he said it wasn't as good as other places he's been, it was edible. I had a chef salad, which was, I think, seven twenty nine. And Corey, Corey won this time. Corey had a fresh pasta primavera in a garlicky cream sauce. That sounds good. It was garlicky because the garlic followed me all night. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was good, though. It was great. Uh, uh, his was actually the best. By far the best. I tried the soup. Oh, yeah. John tried the cream of broccoli soup. That was a science experiment that had failed. <laughs> but they they gave you little uh, breadsticks that came with each of the meals, and they were quite tasty, too. All in all, it was, I think, the check was about $30 yep. for the three of us, and I thought it was pretty good. I agree. You know, I have to I have to go back in there the next time I'm over there because I, I had a couple of bad experiences. I don't like the fa- any of their counter service uh, restaurants at Universal Studios. Islands of Adventure is a different story. But Universal Studios, I'm really not a big fan of their counter service. And I'd had a couple of meals at the Monster Cafe that were, well, they were monster. <laughs> um, they were monster on my stomach, on my digestive system. I kind of um, thought that's what we were going to get when we first went in. And I think we were all pleasantly surprised that I, th- I think the best way that this wasn't awful. And I've heard a few people say that. So I'll have to at least uh, give it a fair shot the next time. But usually when I'm over at the studios, I'll, I'll go to Lombard's Landing. This was really a dash to get out of the room. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for the the little brief review there. 